It's about kids helping and supporting kids. And with these books, I think it just gives children a broader understanding of how everyone has their own differences. Welcome to the Xeno Learn podcast, where we ask the question, if you could teach the next generation one thing, what would it be? I'm your host, Claire, and I'm so excited for you to join us today. And welcome back, Xeno Learners, to another episode of the Xeno Learn podcast. Today, we are inviting the author known as SJ Child, Sarah Bradford, onto the podcast. Sarah, thank you for coming. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled to be here. It's so nice to have you on and to see you. So if you could please introduce yourself to our audience so that they can get to know more about you. Yeah, thank you so much. My name is Sarah. My pen name is SJ Childs, and I write children's books, mostly relating to special needs and children's emotional well-being in general. Through our books, we really encourage love and inclusion in all situations and just encourage kids to embrace their selves, their differences, and encourage all the rest of the world to be kind and inclusive for all of them. That's so wonderful. And so you used two words there. You said special needs. I think most people can understand what you're referring to there. But you also said emotional well-being. What does that entail? What are you referring to when you're talking about the emotional well-being of children? Yeah, you know, for me, it really means how do children understand themselves? Mm -hmm. How can they then turn around and understand others, which really turns full circle? Because when they understand their own emotions, their own levels of behavior and interacting with other kids, especially kids that might be different, being able to understand those children and not be afraid, I think a lot of it comes in a fear-based idea that they don't know why they're different or what's different about the behavior or the look of someone different. But I think it's really important that we teach them first off that differences are not to define children. They don't need to be defined by their differences. We're all individuals. And giving that awareness to children can really help them throughout their lives, throughout their relationships, and also support their peers that need it the most. Mm-hmm. That's such an important message. And what inspired you to share that message through children's books? Yeah, I kind of grew up with a physical difference. Outer ear microtia is what it's called. And throughout my life, I was always referred to as little ears. They, you know, refer to as the name of my difference. And it wasn't until I was an adult and someone said it to me that it really sunk in that, wow, this is what they see when they first see me and, you know, talk to me, even when they've been friends with me for years. And when my daughter was born with the same heredity, then I decided I'm going to write her a book explaining to her, showing her that, you know, having a love for yourself and just being proud of who you are and how you relate to people, that's what makes you a special person. It's not because you have a physical difference or even a neurological difference from others. 
it's that you are kind and you make relationships with people in the right way. So mm-hmm. that's where that all started. And people were really, I guess, impressed with the writings. And so with all the encouragement of my family and friends, I decided to delve into some other subjects. Mm-hmm. I have seven books published now. So yeah, it's been such a great journey. Mm -hmm. I have to say that when I heard the story of you writing this book for your daughter to try and comfort her and affirm that she is still loved and valued regardless of her physical difference, I thought this is exactly the mission of Xenolearn, which is to make the world safer for human differences. So thank you so much for being here. I wonder, I know that your books are very visual too, with beautiful illustrations, lots of colors. Could you read a passage from the first children's book that started it all off for our audience? I love that. I will. I'll start. One day, Anna saw her reflection in a pond. When she saw her little ears, she cried and ran to mom. Mom, mom, Anna cried. Why are my ears so small? Why don't they look like other kitties' ears? Why am I different at all? Do not cry, my little one, for we are not all the same. When we're born, we're each different, all in our own unique way. Oh, so lovely. Thank you. It was so much fun to write them. I love rhyming. Poetry has always been just very expressive for me. And so I was able to really capture that with these books. And what was your daughter's reaction at the time? Uh, You know, she was actually, she will be turning nine this year. So she was only three. Mm -hmm. So at that time, she really didn't have an understanding of why I was writing them. But now over the years, I think that she's proud of me Mm -hmm. and she's proud of the book. And it has taken such an amazing turn. She has actually illustrated her own book. We got together and I kind of let her make her own drawings and we put a little book together for her. Mm -hmm. So that was really fun. And now, you know, she's an eight-year-old published illustrator. And for (laughs) those who couldn't see the book that you were holding, because it's an audio medium, what's the name of the book? Her book is called Anna's ABC Book. And what's it about? So it's just like an ABC book that she kind of lays out. B is for big bouncy ball and she Mm -hmm. draws a picture of a ball or M is for my mom. She loves me more week by week. Oh, yeah, really, really cute. And just she's so loving and and kind and she's a great Mm -hmm. artist. So and you also have written a book kind of reflecting the experiences of your son. Would it be possible to also hear from that book as well? Oh, I'd love to. Absolutely. So this one is called. DJ the Bear, a book about a bear with autism. And we found out DJ was diagnosed with autism when he was 16 months old. So he was quite young. And it was a long journey to find out how to learn about autism or, you know, just to go through all of those things. So through that, I was able to put all of these wonderful ideas together for his book. So let me read a page from him. DJ seemed different than other bears. This they knew was true. DJ Bear had autism, and no one knew what to do. So his family gave him lots of hugs and lots of smiles, too. But he did not return the smiles, and sadder the family grew. 
Autism is a difference in the brain that you cannot see, but DJ looks just like you and me. So what does that mean? Sometimes DJ will yell loud and often throw his food. He didn't talk or look at anyone. They thought he was just being rude. But, you know, through the book, they learn that he has some dietary issues that Mm -hmm. are cleared. He gets some much needed therapy. And at the end, this last page, I'll read this. His family was so happy. DJ gained his own voice. And for the rest of his life, he could make his own choice, which is so special with a nonverbal child who becomes verbal and can then communicate their needs and desires. So it's been an incredible emotional journey. (laughs) Yeah, I can see it and I can feel it in your voice. It must have also been like cathartic to write it out and to let it out and to have a way to express it that people could also read and understand. And although not everyone's experiences are the same, perhaps in your own sphere, your own family and friends could have a new understanding. Yeah. And that was really what it was about. You know, at first it was obviously for my own children. So the fact that it can now be shared with other children and they can receive some understanding and some awareness, I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. You know, you started with the goal of helping your own children feel affirmed in who they are and express themselves. Then it resonated with other people. So why do you think it is important for families, schools, and children to read these books? Why is it important to educate children on things like anxiety, autism, and human differences? Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of children in schools, they go kind of unnoticed sometimes, the ones that are undiagnosed and things like that. And with these books, I think it just gives children a broader understanding of how everyone has their own differences. And some children may not even understand that they are different. But really, it's about kids helping and supporting kids, because Mm. that is what is going to make a brighter future for all of us. It's their future that is in place here. You know, it's their lives ahead that are going to shape the world into what it's going to be. And I think it's so important for them to go in armed with the knowledge and understanding of differences. I kind of like to think of it as when we start to realize that we're all human, maybe we'll all treat each other like humans. Mm. Because somehow in the shuffle of things, we've lost that idea. I think that was so beautiful what you said, kids helping and supporting kids. And why not give the tools to be able to support and to learn and to grow? Yeah. And they should be in every classroom. When my daughter, you know, is homeschooled this year with all this pandemic, but Last year when she was in her charter school, I donated a series of books to her second grade class. And what an amazing response I had. The teacher said, the kids are fighting over your books. They don't want to read any other books in library. They all just want to read your books. And they're so interested in them. And I mean, that is just warms my heart. (laughs) It makes me so happy. 
And just think of the knowledge that those children are taking with them into their lives. They now understand what Down syndrome is. They understand Mm -hmm. what a chromosome is and why it makes us different. They understand about anxiety and how it might make their body feel. So when to ask for help, they understand about dyslexia and what it might look like or how they could ask for help again, or even support somebody that might struggle with reading and those kinds of things. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that the awareness that these children are going to bring with them is, is incredible. So I've enriched the lives of of those (laughs) group of children and I couldn't be happier. (laughs) What a nice, beautiful transition to make rather than a jarring oh, this person is different, emphasis, you know, kind of on different, oh, this person is special, you know, instead of that learning that it is a totally normal thing, that it is a difference that people can be born with. I think at one point, you finally realize that kind of trying to look for the reason why or the maybe how to change stops happening. And you focus on How do we go forward? Like, what's our best step to be accepting and not try to find answers per se? Because I think that's where a lot of us get lost in our brains with the, oh, how did this happen? How can I change it? Instead of, okay, this is the way it is. Now let's support what we need to and move forward. When I realized that my husband was also on the spectrum, it really put things together and put things in so much perspective for me. And it wasn't until six years after our son was diagnosed that I was going through this autism test and all of these boxes started to click for my husband. You know, I was like, oh, wait a second. Check, Mm. check, 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 check. And I said to him, what would you think if I said, I think you have Asperger's? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm positive, actually. And he said it really resonated with him and that it made a lot of sense and it made sense for his past and his past relationships and kind of the way he viewed the world and felt like outside of things. It's like this beautiful picture has all come together now. And yeah, it's just amazing. He's embraced it a hundred percent and he just is like, wow, it's so great to now kind of have an idea of what this looked like in the world before I had an idea of what it was so that's really remarkable that at least with your husband's experiences that he took it and accepted the news because it does seem like there is a stigma surrounding persons living with special needs persons with anxiety down syndrome people on the autism spectrum have you noticed some of these stigmas in your own life with your experiences with your children and with your husband I have a perfect, perfect story to tell you. So usually around Halloween time, we love to have our family costumes and we go about the neighborhood trick-or-treating with the kids. And for years past, it was always so hard with our son. He wants to be so friendly, but when people open their doors, he doesn't understand that that doesn't mean come on in. And so for the longest time, he was wanting to go into people's homes. He asks them a series of questions where it's not the typical response of typical children. And, you know, the trick or treat, grab my candy and I'm out of here. He wanted to interact much more than that. And so the first few years, it was a struggle to not only explain to the neighbors, oh, he has autism, just give him a second, or he's not trying to come into your house. Don't be upset. It was constantly me 
um, having to stick up for him. And it was really hard. It was really hard to do that. So last year I decided I am going to put a label on his costume that says, I have autism. Please be patient with me. And we went around the neighborhood. People got down to his level. They answered his questions. How old are you? What kind of car do you drive? You know, and everyone was patient and they were kind. And I understand that, you know, putting labels isn't a thing that a lot of people will love, but it gave everyone the chance to be understanding. It gave them all a chance to see him for who he was and not make assumptions, not make judgments on why my child was going to go in or, you know, come too close to them. They knew what was in front of them and they knew how to react. They knew how to treat him. Even if they didn't know anything about autism, they were so much more understanding. And I, in fact, wrote a book called DJ Goes to See Santa for Christmas time. And in that book, I kind of write the story, the Halloween story in a Christmas book instead about how we put a little thing on him, a little sticker before he goes to see Santa. And then the Santa and the employees and everybody is kind and patient and nobody overreacts or judges too quickly because they have the, I don't know how to say it. They have the opportunity to understand what's happening. So, you know, it's hard. Like I said, a lot of people won't want to put labels on their children. At the same time, if we don't let other people around us have any awareness of it, it won't help them either. I think that the key word that you used there was awareness, because not so much um, all of a sudden your child was labeled or you were calling something out, but rather you wanted to bring awareness to his uniqueness. And those who are aware of, you know, some of the behaviors or patterns of children with autism spectrum disorder can then be patient, just like you said. Yeah, Yeah. it was so beautiful. I mean, I was so proud of all the neighbors after that, just so proud of them. So yeah, it made a huge difference for us. So how can other parents effectively educate themselves and their children about special needs? about autism, Down syndrome, dyslexia, et cetera. You know, I think that for so many parents and just people in general, you don't know until you know. And just like with me, you know, I knew nothing about autism before my son was diagnosed. And I think that that's um, kind of a, a concession we need to understand of people that not everyone understands or even wants to learn about other people's needs. But when you're a parent and you are raising your children, I would hope that the children's future and their, you know, knowledge and understanding of the world around them would be their most important teaching guide, kind of. And so with that being said, you move throughout your life seeing hundreds of thousands of different people. And if you don't understand the differences between them, you don't understand how to have the awareness of it then you kind of go through with blinders on, you know, just not being able to see clearly and being able to have the awareness, see those around you for who they are. I just think it'll bring so much less confrontation and judgment for people and so much more understanding and love and inclusion. The way that you describe it, and please correct me if I'm wrong or you disagree with this parallel, But what I am comparing it to in my mind is cross-cultural understanding. When we travel from one country to another or when we interact with another culture, we have this understanding that things are different. 
And that triggers a kind of patience and an openness to experience differences. Would you say that perhaps there's a parallel between cross-cultural understanding and cross-ability or cross-neurotypical understanding? Oh, I think that is a beautiful way to say that. I absolutely agree with that. And that's a really good way to point it out and to have people look at it. Because, yeah, when you go into another country, you don't expect to have everything the same way you had it back home. Like, you know that it is going to be different. Yeah. So I think that's a really great way to look at it. If we kind of look at everyone like, okay, this is a new experience. How can I learn more about this? Like, what's the right way to go about learning about this? you know, reading my books. (laughs) Great way. But even just going on and watching a show about differences or there's so many organizations and things like that. But also, I think finding the support with those around you and then start the awareness there. I think that's a really great way too. Mm -hmm. And what about for those individuals, not just families or parents, but for those individuals who, you know, just like there are people who don't like to travel, they expect things to be the exact same when they do. (laughs) What would your response be to people who say, well, special needs doesn't affect my life. It doesn't affect my family. My children are not diagnosed with, you know, they're not diagnosed with special needs. So why should I buy a book or take the time to educate myself? Yeah, I mean... I think when we really have the awareness to not pass judgment on others, that's where we can open ourselves up to learning. And so I would just encourage people to be open to learning and maybe learn something you haven't thought about. Learn something about Down syndrome, anxiety, autism. I mean, I would encourage everyone to just bring as much awareness to yourself and, of course, to your children. They will be the ones that will build the world in the future. And why would we want them stumped with some knowledge that doesn't include everyone? It doesn't make a world a better place that way, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, it goes back to what you said earlier about kids supporting kids. Adults should support adults, too. Yeah, definitely. That is for sure. I run an advocacy group, and that is one of the best things is seeing the adults support one another, seeing the people reach out for help, because sometimes they think that's the hardest part. You know, how do I know that I do need help? Or where do I go if I decide that I do need help? So I would hope that people are looking into support groups or taking ideas from these podcasts and just really getting as much information to help children around the world as much as possible. What do you hope individuals will take away from your books after reading it and perhaps the process together as a family? Yeah, I love that, actually. You know, I really hope that for each book, the takeaway is, wow, I've learned a new thing about a dyslexia or I learned a new thing about anxiety. And then, you know, they take it to the parent and they say, hey, today I read this book and it talked about how anxiety could give me a stomachache and make me feel afraid. Well, I have that feeling and there's this big test coming up. Do you think that I have anxiety? And those are really important understandings for children to have because everyone gets a stomach ache. (laughs) But when you know that it's anxiety or that it's a feeling within yourself that you can have an understanding to ask for help, I mean, that's just the right step forward. And the other books, you know, I really hope that they understand that 
it's not as much as for the child with autism as for the family of the child with autism, for the students and the peers of the child with autism that can say, okay, I remember watching this typical child having a meltdown. Now I understand what that means. In most of the books, I have a question and answer portion in the back, which goes through all of the facts that they need or questions that they may have. For the Down syndrome one, for example, there's a great explanation of what is a chromosome, what is DNA, how does that relate to us? And I just really think that people can gain such a huge awareness and be able to support the vulnerable community that needs our support the most. Beautiful. So well said. I've learned so much, Sarah, and I really have so many pages of notes here in front of me. (laughs) And I feel like I've been on a journey to listening to your beautiful words and poems in your books Mm -hmm. and learned new information myself. Even like at the beginning of this conversation, before we even recorded, you used a different term. You said extraordinary needs. So I'd like to finish our interview with one final question. Zeno Learn's mission is to make the world safer for human differences, as we've talked about already. And at the end, we always ask the same question. If you could teach the next generation one thing about human differences, diversity or inclusion, what would it be? I would say that love is the answer for all. That once we realize that we're all human, We all have this power to be kind and love one another. And the more we act on that, the better our world will be in the future. I mean, we're all human. and We all need to treat each other the same. Beautiful. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank Thank you you so much. (laughs) Where can people find you? Where, if anyone wants to buy a book now, where can they find you, Sarah? Thank you. So yeah, you can find me at www.sjchilds with an S books.com. And you could find me on Facebook at Facebook slash all the number four kids books. So yeah, come and check us out. Absolutely. Yes, all of those links will be in the description of the podcast as always. Definitely support Sarah if you can learn and delight in her books if you can and show her some love on Facebook as well. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on to the XenoLearn podcast. It's been a true pleasure. I'm very grateful to have chatted with you today. Yeah, it's my honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Sarah Bradford, known by her pen name S.J. Childs, for sharing her fantastic children's books with the XenoLearn podcast. If your curiosity has peaked and you want to check out Sarah's books, please go to sjchilds.org to buy her storybooks. If you would like to read any of the books referenced today, we mentioned four stories in particular. Anna the Kitten, a book about physical differences, DJ the Bear, a book about a bear with autism, Jack the Dog, a book about Down syndrome, and DJ the Bear Goes to See Santa. You can also tune into her new podcast, The SJ Childs Show. All links are in the description of this episode. So, what are the takeaways from this conversation? Number one, 
When looking for inclusive and diverse storybooks for children, try to also include stories with special, or as Sarah taught me, extraordinary needs like dyslexia, Down syndrome, anxiety, autism spectrum disorder, and physical differences. Learning and understanding these differences at a young age can help children learn that our bodies are all different and that we are all humans that deserve respect, kindness, and belonging. Number two, Sarah's storybooks share loving and empowering messages that help children with extraordinary needs feel affirmed. And at the same time, their friends and family can learn about these experiences and gain the knowledge and understanding they need to support the growth and development of children with extraordinary needs. Number three, In this episode, we compared cross-cultural understanding to communicating and connecting with neurodiverse individuals. Cross-cultural understanding is about learning, openness, and patience. We can also practice learning, openness, and patience when we connect with persons with extraordinary needs too. And number four, finally, I really loved when Sarah said, Why would we want children to be stumped by knowledge that doesn't include everyone? It just makes sense to teach and educate children about physical differences, extraordinary needs, and neurodiversity because it's a natural part of our world. And we want children to understand and embrace these differences when they encounter them rather than feel confused or afraid of them. If you liked this episode and learned a lot from our conversation, we ask Xeno learners to do one thing, share. Help raise our guests' voices by sharing this podcast with friends, family, and colleagues. We've also started a review shout-out on Instagram. Rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcast, and your review might be featured in next week's episode promo. The Xenolearn podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many other platforms. You can find us at Xenolearn on all social media and www.xenolearn.com. Direction, hosting, and editing by Claire Lunison. Research and production assistance by Ashley Williams. Stay curious, embrace your differences, and remember, Xeno Learners, you belong. We'll be back next week with another great episode of the Xeno Learn podcast.